You are listening to Lighthearted, the official podcast of the United States Lighthouse Society. My name is Jeremy Dontremont. This is a special edition of Lighthearted. It's kind of a preview for a week of three Florida-related episodes that will be released the week of July 15th. We're also releasing it now because the Florida Keys Reef Lights Foundation is in the thick of a current GSA auction of Sand Key Lighthouse, one of the Florida Reef Lights. I had the opportunity on June 10th to speak on the phone with Eric S. Martin, president of the Florida Keys Reef Lights Foundation and a board member of the Florida Lighthouse Association. This entire program will be my conversation with Eric, which ranged from some of the history of the Florida Reef Lights and the difficulties involved with their preservation to the auction that holds the fate of the Sand Key Lighthouse in the balance. We also discussed the early days of the Florida Lighthouse Association, and we talked about how Eric, who lives far inland in Orlando, Florida, got so involved in lighthouse preservation. Let's listen to the conversation now. Thank you so much for joining me today, Eric. I, I really appreciate it for our special edition of Lighthearted. So, first of all, Eric, for the uninitiated, people who might not know anything about the Florida Reef Lights, let's uh, start with the basics. What exactly are the Florida Reef Lights? And maybe you could start by saying how many are there and tell us about what, what they are exactly. Okay, there's a total of six reef lighthouses. They're actually built on the reef. So when you go out there on the boat, you'll actually see the legs disappear into the water. They sit in usually four to six feet of water. Uh, these are cast iron metal structures. From the distance, they kind of look like the Eiffel Tower. Uh, and then when you see them up close, you've got that beautiful water that you can see through and see fishes and things. And then as your boat gets close to the lighthouse, you realize that you know these structures are all over 100 feet tall. So these, these are not small lighthouses. Um, the first three were made by uh, George Meade of uh, Civil War fame at Gettysburg but he was a lighthouse engineer, and he, he was in charge of building the first three. And uh, they're all still standing, but they're, they're all in danger. The lighthouses are approximately 20, 25 miles apart. So uh, it's actually a little tricky getting to see them all because of the distance. There, there's you know, over 100 miles between the first one and the last one. And that's just kind of the short uh, explanation of it. <laughs> yeah. I know there's a lot, lot more to it than that. Uh, they're certainly not traditional-looking lighthouses. When people, the average person, thinks of what a lighthouse looks like, they don't think of something that looks like the Florida Reef Lights. Some people might even consider them ugly. <laughs> what, what would be your answer to that if somebody called them ugly? Well, again, I'd make the Eiffel Tower reference. Uh, <laughs> the Eiffel Tower actually uh, looks a little bit like Sand Key. Um, it's four-sided. The lantern, the uh, balcony around the lantern room is also square. Um, they might have even been inspired by it because uh, Eiffel Tower wasn't built until 1889, and the reef lights started to be built in 1852, and uh, three before the Civil War and three afterwards. But at the time, they were the tallest metal structures on Earth. But uh, I think they're beautiful, and especially since they're on the water, it makes them even more so. And 
once once we restore them, they'll actually look better too. They they're looking very tired at this point. Uh, yeah. Five of them five of them have had no maintenance uh, since 2015, and for a decade or two before that, it was deferred maintenance, so it was never really kept up once once it was automated. Uh, it, that's where the downhill started. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, to tell me about the uh, Florida Keys Reef Lights Foundation. Uh, first of all, when was it started? It was started in 2001. Our founder, who unfortunately passed away uh, a number of years ago now, he had been talking to a congressman, and he told him about this, uh, the uh, National Historic Lighthouse Preservation Act that they were going to pass, and uh, Tom started working on organizing an organization for all the reef lights, realizing that some people considered them ugly and the fact that they were offshore and there seemed to be no group that was uh, doing anything for those lighthouses. And there, there still hasn't been up, up to this point. Uh, so he went ahead and got the organization started. Mm-hmm. So we've been around for a while. And uh, it's been tough because uh, the Coast Guard wouldn't let us bring people onto the lighthouses uh, we didn't think we could get a long-term lease, and originally these were supposed to be released. The five of them were supposed to be released in 2013. However, that got delayed for many years. Uh, finally, 2016 or so, Sankey was supposed to be up. Uh, they finally That finally came up in 2018. Uh, we applied. We were denied. Uh, we disagreed. They don't think we have enough experience but we haven't been getting the opportunity to work on any of them right so how can we get experience if the government won't let us do any work on them now uh the tom you mentioned a minute ago was tom taylor right who was the correct he also helped start uh, the florida lighthouse association right yeah i corresponded with him certainly a very important person in the history of the preservation of florida lighthouses so uh, let's talk about Sand Key Lighthouse you just mentioned. Uh, it is now currently uh, up for auction, correct? Correct. Uh, they put it up for auction uh, the end of March. Uh, they usually go two months, which would be the end of May. However, they still haven't put a deadline for when the auction will end. When they do that, uh, it'll be like a three-day notice. Mm-hmm. And at that point... If the last day nobody bids, the auction ends. But if somebody bids, the auction is extended one business day. And right. it keeps going until nobody, until people stop bidding. So we don't know when the deadline is going to start, and we don't know if it will be extended or not. But we are raising money for that. We did have the lead in the bid for about a month. Um, we thought uh, start raising money because if it's, the bid goes up a thousand. You have to have two thousand to retake the lead. So we were right. looking to raise two thousand, and then out of the blue, the bid went up three thousand, which therefore meant we needed four thousand. Mm-hmm. And so we are in second place, basically, and uh, we have just about enough money to raise the bid again. But we're kind of concerned that when we bid, you know, will they bid again? So mm-hmm. we are also putting in for an emergency grant with the. Florida Lighthouse Association, uh, so we'll see how that goes. But in the meanwhile, we keep uh, raising money, and uh, a couple of people have asked, okay, if you lose the bid, what happens to the money? Well, we're still, our goal is to save and restore the six reef lights. We are going to apply for the other four, 
through the regular transfer, and we've already given money to Fowey Rocks before to start um, what they considered, uh, you know, repairs that need to be done right away, and we financed two out of the three of those. Um, they still don't have any money for the lighthouse in their budget, so uh, we could certainly help them if uh, if we don't get sand key. I'm looking at the uh, the auction page on the GSA website in front of me right now. I see the current bid is at twenty thousand dollars. Now, right. am I correct in stating that if if uh, the bid doesn't go up, the GSA can actually cancel the auction anytime if they don't feel the the bidding is high enough? I think that's happened a, a few times. Uh, well, it's the federal government. They can do whatever they want. <laughs> That's much. true. Uh, I believe that yeah. is listed in the uh, the many pages of uh, bidding instructions uh, that they could. Uh, I did point out to them, and, and uh, kudos that they put it in the description, that this is a lighthouse without a house. Right. The keeper's house had burned down in 89, and, uh, of course, there was damage from that uh, at the repairs that were made from there might also be questionable uh, if they were made to last as long as what the original structure was. Uh, so there's no there, there's no lighthouse. I mean, there's no house. There's no keeper's house. There's only the lantern room. And even the ladder they built to go up there evidently is falling apart. Mm -hmm. uh, we were supposed to get an inspection, but the inspection was from the boat. <laughs> so uh, uh, one of the first things we would do if we owned it was to get... Uh, professional assessment, so we can make sure that the that we repair things in the right order. We, you know, we have to make sure that the structure stands. It was made to withstand hurricanes. However, the problem is uh, that was assuming that you did maintenance on the lighthouse, and like I said, there really hasn't been any in the last four or five years, and uh, little before that. So it's been quite a while before there's since there's been any major work done. Can you say any more about the condition? It's in, do you know how, like, how rusty it is or, you know, how secure is it at this point as far as you know? Well, uh, we've got pictures. Uh, thank, thank goodness for Zoom lenses. Uh, there are uh, tension rods. Those are the rods that can be adjusted. Uh, uh, some of those are rusting through. Uh, just like Fowey Rocks, we actually paid to have a... Uh, a 26-foot tension rod uh, made to replace one that had broken on Fowey Rocks. Well, this is the same situation. Sand Key is built a, a bit different. It is square instead of octagonal like the rest of them, and uh, so it's, uh, and it's got more legs. It's actually got a total of 16 legs instead of uh, the uh, nine that the other have. Mm -hmm. So it is built a bit different. But, uh, yeah, there, we know there's lots of work to be done. Uh, we're, we're not kidding ourselves. This will be a major restoration. When I worked with the uh, uh, Cape St. George group, um, did learn that, you know, people who really want the lighthouse to be restored um, can be very generous. We had services that were offered for free. We had materials that we were able to buy at cost instead of retail. So there, there can be... Uh, some of that cost, if you just hired a contractor and let him do everything, some of that cost can be greatly reduced if you can uh, uh, subcontract out different contractors to do the different aspects of the lighthouse. Yeah, I can't help wondering who else might be bidding on this. I mean, I don't know if you want to say anything about that, but it's a, you know, it just makes you wonder. Uh, I wonder if it's other preservation groups or uh, 
why why would somebody <laughs> be, well, what do they, I, what do I, they I want it for? I, mm-hmm. I, I doubt there's any preservation groups other than ours, uh, but you know, I could be wrong. I haven't heard anything along that line. You know, there's a lot of people out there that have a little bit of spare change, and they want to say that they own a lighthouse. Yeah. And if they're not really thinking about the condition this one's in, which is very poor, um, yeah, you could go out there for, you know, I don't know, a picnic or something, and then, you know, just leave back to the hotel for, for at night. But uh, right. uh, it's going to cost, you know, millions to 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 fix these. Right. And uh, uh, I know there's been some people in past auctions that they got carried away at the auction. They spent all their cash money on the lighthouse, and then they didn't have any money left to really fix it up, uh, except for, you know, making additional money later. And then uh, some of them just gave up and, and tried to sell it. Uh, we've had one or two that are basically trying to flip a lighthouse, but that's that's a very dangerous thing to do. Most people can't afford to buy a lighthouse, and... Uh, the banks won't loan you money to buy one, so it's it's a very difficult situation in real estate mm-hmm. to try to do that. Yeah, but yet we have some who who do who do try to do that kind of thing. Yeah, looks like there have been four bidders. It looks like four different bidders. Have well, actually, that's mm-hmm. the thing I don't know for sure. They used to have usernames. Right. So if you bid again, they'd be like, okay, you bid as George, and then you bid again, and it'd show up as George again. So I don't know if each bid gets a new number. So. Are there right. actually four bidders, or actually maybe there's only two bidders or three bidders? I, I really don't know, but I guess the bottom line is, you know, we want to be the high bidder when right. this thing ends. And I, I've done uh, reading of history and, and such, and I know that private ownership of lighthouses, not only under the National Historic Lighthouse Preservation Act, but surplus lighthouses before that, Private ownership can save a lighthouse, but can also just be a slow death. Uh, West Rigolets uh, was a well-made lighthouse on stilts and survived many a hurricane. But when the family bought it, uh, they never they never did any work on it, and the legs were in poor shape when uh, the hurricane came and uh, it took the lighthouse away. There's nothing left of it except for the stumps of the legs that it stood on. And yet, Cape Florida was owned privately for a while, and the guy built a, a seawall, and that kept the shore from eroding, because if it had eroded much much more, it, the lighthouse would have fallen. And he didn't do any restoration to the lighthouse, but he kept it from falling into the sea. So private ownership is kind of a 50-50 thing. Uh, I don't have any percentages. There's just yeah. too many cases. Yeah, uh, take a lot of research to do, but I know there's enough stories that uh, private owner, even a guy with money, doesn't mean he's going to fix it up. And yeah. the government doesn't. The government doesn't make you do anything as a private owner. The only thing you're restricted is, is like if they buy sand key and try to paint it hot pink. Okay, it was never hot pink. So, in theory, the government would come in and make them repaint it. Uh, whether that would actually happen or not is another thing. Right. I couldn't agree with you more. It's a, it's a crapshoot. I know some private owners who have done just absolutely beautiful jobs uh, maintaining their lighthouses. I, you know, couldn't have done better. But there's also cases where, you know, 10 years after buying privately, uh, you know, buying a, a lighthouse through a GSA auction, the owner hasn't even seen their lighthouse in person. So, you know, I don't know what the percentage is easier either, but it's it's an absolute crapshoot. So I, I, oh, and then there's the in-between. Mm-hmm. 
you buy the lighthouse, you get a little carried away on bidding, mm-hmm. you got some money left over, so now you try to repair it on the cheap. But you end up damaging the lighthouse. Right. Trying to save money. Uh, so that's bad, too. So private cool. ownership's really a gamble. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Um, so uh, we've touched on some of the, some of the aspects, but uh, would you like to say a little bit more about the challenges involved with with taking uh, care of these lighthouses? Uh, the well, chal- challenges are enormous in these in the case of the reef lights. Well, as as all people associated with offshore lighthouses will will know, uh, that's a challenge because even if it's a sunny day, if the the wind's blowing too hard, you can't get your boat out there safely. And in our case, when you get close to the lighthouse, the water is only four to six feet deep, so you have to have a shallow draft to to even get close to the lighthouse. Salt is also a a bad problem. I've been up to the Michigan Lighthouse Alliance Conference, and, you know, most of those lighthouses are the Great Lakes, so they don't have to deal with salt any. Now, one advantage we have over the Great Lakes is we can work on ours uh, 12 months a year uh, up north uh, when the ice freezes, that kind of limits on what you can do as far as getting to the lighthouse. But all offshore lighthouses, your your, your expenses are more. You don't know for sure you can get out there on a certain day because of the weather. If you hire out contractors, a lot of contractors won't even bid on it because they haven't done work offshore. They don't have the boats or the barges or whatever they would need to do their work. So uh, competitive bidding is can be... Uh, uh, non-existent on some of these. And then there's hurricanes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we do, we, we do have a few of those. <laughs> yeah. Now, did Hurricane Irma uh, do any damage in 2017? They did. I'm going to be giving a call to the Coast Guard because I don't know if they did any kind of inspection since it's, you know, abandoned pretty much. Uh, but I know from pictures the lightning rod's gone. Uh, and it didn't have a ventilation ball. It had like a ventilation shaft. Uh, that actually broke in two, so the bottom half's still there, but the top's gone. I imagine the already weak ladders going to the top um, are weaker, or they may have even fallen off. Uh, but the big damage was to American Shoal, because that was close to where the hurricane uh, went through the keys. Uh, the roof is metal. Uh, on the lantern room, and two of those pie-shaped pieces uh, basically started to peel off. It's like the old tin can when you would roll the, put the little key in there and roll the metal back. That's what it looks like. Uh, so you got two panels that are half torn up. So water's getting in there, and most of the glass in the lantern room uh, is gone. So the lighthouse is getting water on the inside, and it, of course wasn't designed for that. Uh, I don't know how much of it's getting down to the keeper's house. I'd, I'd ask the government if they would do some kind of emergency repairs or let us do emergency repairs, um, but never got any uh, kind of feedback on that. Now, uh, Eric, can you uh, tell me a, a little bit about how you personally got involved uh, originally with the Florida Lighthouse Association and also with the reflights? Well, the Florida Lighthouse Association... Um, was kind of indirect. I was uh, going to the beach for the weekend, and somebody had left a pamphlet on Ponsonlet Lighthouse. So I like history, and so I went down there and uh, climbed up the lighthouse. And of course, when you get down, you got the gift shop there, and um, bought a book or 
too, and then uh, you know they had the blueprints for the lighthouse and that kind of thing. So started getting into it, and then uh, we had somewhat limited internet back in the day, and uh, I looked up Florida Lighthouses, and the Florida Lighthouse Association actually had a website. And at that time, most nonprofits weren't on the web. Very few were on the website. They hadn't seen the potential, but Tom knew. And basically, we piggybacked on another guy's website. So uh, he basically donated a space, and uh, that's how I found out about them. And it's like, okay, they meet at a different lighthouse every three or four months. Uh, they get to climb lighthouses that are closed because at the time – uh, there was only a handful open. Uh, now there's more, and of course there's still a fair amount that are that are closed or only open up a, a limited time. But uh, they were always able to get a hold of the group that owned the lighthouse, release the lighthouse, and you know make a deal with them, and then we'd be able to uh, get inside and, and climb and such. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you go to the meetings, there'd be a speaker. The history of the lighthouse, but then they also got into the saving and restoring lighthouses. We'd also have a raffle and usually an auction. So they would raise money and then give it to a local lighthouse group to help them fix their lighthouse up. So little by little, I went from being a lighthouse hunter, just one who wanted to see them take pictures and climb, uh, to getting into the saving and restoring. And, of course, Orlando has no lighthouses, so I have to go somewhere if I want to work on one. Mm. We'd gotten the email. I had had joined the Cape St. George Lighthouse Association or Society and uh, got this email. Oh, bad news. Uh, The weather, the water undermined the lighthouse. The lighthouse has fallen. And I thought, oh, man, you know, we were trying to save that and raising money and such. And... uh, but they went ahead and salvaged the bricks and rebuilt it on the uh, the main part of the island. And three years later, you could climb the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did a really good job. Yeah. And, uh, that's where, where I learned a lot of things about how generous people could be. They had auctioned off to have your little nameplate on the steps. And some guy came, was on the island, and he was kind of poking over because they were working on the lighthouse. It wasn't done. And uh, they mentioned that, and he says, you know, I make those plates. He says, I can make them in between jobs. You won't get them quick, but he says, I won't charge you anything. So that was another thing they got. It wasn't a huge expense, but uh, still, you know, a little here, a little there, and before you know you're talking about tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, you still live in Orlando? Is that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not that far from the coast, because just a few weeks ago, my wife and I flew to Orlando and drove to uh, St. Augustine and Ponce Inlet and Jupiter Inlet, so it's not yep. <laughs> it's not that far. Yeah, I usually go to Ponce Inlet to climb, because uh, Cape Canaveral is uh, very limited on when people can go over there. Yeah. So because you... Because they're on the Air Force mm-hmm. Base. Now, you are also on the board of the Florida Lighthouse Association, right? Yeah, I'm the... District 2 Commissioner, we have four divided Florida into four parts, so uh, the president says, well, you already represent six of the lighthouses down there. You want to go ahead and represent the others. Mm -hmm. So I do that, and we report, you know, any news that we know that's going on with the lighthouses in our district, and somebody wants to apply for a grant, we help them out with the paperwork. Mm -hmm. Um, So... And the uh, Florida Lighthouse Association is certainly one of the most respected uh, regional lighthouse associations in the country. Could you say a little bit about uh, the mission and scope of what the Florida Lighthouse Association does? 
Yeah, it's 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 a little complicated because it's almost two organizations in one. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was the Association of Lighthouses that lighthouses should work together and share knowledge, which uh, in some places in the country was unheard of. You had your lighthouse, you didn't share information with the one down the street. They were your competition. You know, you only worked on your lighthouse. Uh, and Tom's idea was, you know, you should share resources. Uh, the ones that are successful can lend their knowledge to the ones who are just starting up and that type of thing. But it was also a membership type of organization where those interested in lighthouses could uh, learn more, could end up uh, donating money directly or doing the auctions or the uh, raffles and help out the local lighthouse groups. And the meanwhile, their their payoff was basically they got into uh, – a lot of lighthouses that were closed at the time that it was started. Uh, like I said, it's uh, more of them are open now than before, but we're still getting into ones that are either closed or severely restricted. You know, some of those, oh, we're, we're open once a month. <laughs> well, you know, that's probably convenient if you live down the street, but not, not so much if you have to travel very far. Yeah, well, it's better than nothing. Yeah. Yeah. True. Mm-hmm. You know, there's obviously. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I should add the one thing is uh, again back to Tom Taylor, who was a great guy. I'm glad I got to meet him. Um, When he heard about these specialty tags the state was doing, um, he found out what we needed to do to get a specialty tag. License plate, that is. Mm -hmm. Right, license plate, and uh, they, the at that time you had to to collect a certain number of signatures from uh, people who had cars that said that they'd be interested in buying it, and then you also had to pay so many thousands of dollars. Well, they started collecting signatures. I collected some myself and and money, uh, but then the state kept changing the rules, and every time they changed the rules, you're not grandfathered in. You have to abide by the new rules. So he was chasing a moving target. Well, unfortunately, like I said, he passed away, but uh, the the presidents after that kept raising money, and then we finally had the one who says, you know, let's let's get this done. Let's just go full force, do what we need to do, because you, you have to have the legislature approve it. It's it's not like just getting it approved by a department. Mm-hmm. Uh, the actual legislature has to approve it. So we finally got approval, and, and that tag has been bringing money in every year, and it's been going up, and we've got a new design that should come out later this year, which will be even prettier than the old one, in the opinion of a lot of people. So we're hoping it will sell even more. And groups like the Florida Lighthouse, the groups like the Florida Keys Reef Lights Foundation can apply for grants through the Florida Lighthouse Association. And that helps out a lot because even though they encourage you to get matching funds, you don't have to have matching funds. So you don't end up being, uh, uh, you know, especially when you're trying to just get started, you can get some money going and get that first project done and and of course if you can couple it with other grants that's even better but uh it's it's a great thing and uh took a lot of effort uh i think it was sixty four thousand dollars was the money we had to pay and then uh and then they switched from signatures to having a marketing company that would that would call people and explain what it was and whether they would approve of it or not but anyway we finally got it approved back in uh, late 2008, so mm-hmm. it's been doing great. It's yeah. helping uh, save and restore a lot of lighthouses. That's great. 
and uh, there's information about that on the website of the Florida Lighthouse Association. I, I want to mention that the, the website for the association is floridalighthouses.org, and if people go to that, they can uh, get all the information on the, the, the uh, Florida Lighthouse license plate. Uh, I think all the information they need is, is on there. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. And uh, lots of other information about the association, how to join, uh, how to donate, and so forth. And there's uh, a website for the Florida Re Florida Keys Reef Lighthouse Foundation. Did I get yes. did, I, did I get that right? What I just said? I think I got it right. Yeah. 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 It's a mouthful. I had talked about shortening the name, and um, they said <laughs> it was important to keep it the way it was. But anyway, we shortened it to Reef Lights. Yeah. Florida Keys Reef Light, Lights Lights Foundation. Yeah, Florida Florida Keys Reef Lights Foundation dot org. Uh, so people can go to that and and learn all about the organization. And uh, there's an essay by you about the uh, basically uh, the uh, short, uh, sh fairly short history of the reef lights on there. That's uh, very well done, uh, and uh, all the uh, up to date information about what's going on. And I wish you a lot of luck with the uh, the auction. Uh, I sure hope you you win that auction for for Sand Key. Uh, and people can actually donate to help out with that uh, through the website. Is that correct as well? Through through the website, or if, if there's any issues, uh, somebody was having an issue with the PayPal link for some reason. Um, even though it seems to be working uh, for everybody else, uh, there's also the GoFundMe page, and okay. they can just for the search they can just put in the initials. F K R L F. That's the first letter of mm -hmm. each of our names. Yeah. Uh, and then that'll pop up, and there's only one or two, and obviously the one with the lighthouse picture is ours. Uh, so they can go that route too, or they can do the old-fashioned write a check and mail it to me. Yeah. At one zero six seven Drift Creek Cove. That's three words. Orlando, Florida three two eight two eight. Okay. It's also an email address. Eric Lighthouse at yahoo.com. Uh, again, Eric Lighthouse at yahoo.com. So if, uh, if you have any trouble with yeah. anything else, just uh, shoot uh, Eric an email, Eric Lighthouse at yahoo.com. So again, Eric S. Martin, I know there's uh, there's so, so much we can talk about. It's a, there's a large scope of uh, projects that you're involved with, with the reef lights and the Florida lighthouses in general. So I'm sure we'll talk again at some point in the future. But I, I really appreciate you spending this time with me today for this special uh, edition of Lighthearted, and uh, it's kind of a preview of uh, the Florida Lighthouse uh, Week on Lighthearted that'll be coming up pretty soon. So, again, good luck with everything, and uh, thanks so much. Thank you, Jeremy. <laughs>